Keanu just takes this whole category. Whoa. How I've relished this meeting. The Shadow Crew Podcast. And the foursome has returned. Uh, we are back together, and you could hear Mr. Chet Maddox back in action. Chet, we missed you last week. Uh, we know you were uh, you were NDA'd out of your mind working on sponsorship deals. But it's yeah, good it's getting crazy. You. Good to have you back. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to be back. I uh, I enjoyed the cast last time. I put my I put my thoughts in on the on the chat <laughs> on the on the video. It was good. I'm I'm excited, but I, you know what? I'm here now, so you know we could do this. We could do this in real time. But I'm excited to be back, Doctor Brantley, Mister Storm. Uh, we're gonna jump right in to one of our favorite topics: best of series. Uh, each week, uh, the group talks about the best of from best lightsabers to swords to guns, etc. And this week, the best fight scenes. <laughs> in cinematic history. Jeez. So last week we did spaceships. We ended up, if you, we're not going to spoil anything, but definitely lean Star Wars. But I think this week, best fights, I think it's going to be all over the place. So without further ado, let's get let's jump right into it, gentlemen. Let's throw some nominations out there. And I will say, Chet, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant does not count. Pro wrestling is out the window. So let's go. Let's get into it. I mean, I'll just hit this one out. <laughs> it was uh, Hulk Hogan versus Rocky. Uh, no, the best fight scene that I've seen, and I'm taking into account everything you can think of: the choreograph, fighting style, the editing. Is it continuous? Does it break up? Are there weapons involved? Like just everything that I could think about it and what would be the hardest fight scene to film. And I would consider that to be a continuous non-cut fight scene. And this comes into play and it was a very big deal when this came out. And it's the uh, Marvel's Daredevil, the hallway fight scene. It's the one where it's green and it's fight. It's a continuous just a continuous shot of Daredevil, like handing people their ass, and then him getting his ass handed. But stolen straight from Old Boy. Correct. Which, but which is better? Which is probably which is probably one of the best fight scenes of all time. I was gonna say the Old Boy like hallway fight scene, but I don't remember the Daredevil. I gotta like go back and watch that. Oh no, that was an awesome scene, man. Uh, I will give credit that was probably one of the better ones of that show. But that was awesome. But he, Daredevil right, did not well, have a hammer. No, 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 he did not. No, he did not. All right, I guess uh, I'll go next. Uh, this one is uh, goes to my heart and everything because it was the same year I was born, 1973's Enter the Dragon, uh, Bruce oh, Lee yeah. versus all the uh, underlings underneath uh, the island. That is probably when he goes from like, you know, martial arts to nunchucks to he displayed every form of the reason why he's probably one of the greatest martial artists that has ever lived. So that that's, yeah. that's my number one win. Enter the Dragon, 1973, Bruce Lee. 
fantastic. If you haven't seen it, you, it's a must. Yeah, and at that yeah. point in the movie, it turns into like a James Bond movie, right? Where he's underneath and there's oh, all yeah. the bad guys and they got, all the, they got their own jumpsuits and everything. Yeah, and there's like several great from that one, but I just looked and you show like what was the, the true form of like, you know, martial arts excellence. He goes through every weapon, every person, every fight scene, every move. Like there's, there's no better one in all the films. One of my favorite films of all time and a cult classic has, in my opinion, the most realistic fight scene. Not CGI, not the longest, just like if you saw two dudes fighting in an alley and that's, they live, Roddy Piper, Keith David, epic fight scene. It was literally like, like just so realistic that those two were just get like so great. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why that movie is so great too. Is, is there some cheese or some realism? But I would say that's, in my opinion, one of the top ones. And I think a lot of people haven't seen that movie. But please check that out if you're listening, because I think it's it's definitely underrated as a film, but also as a fight scene. I don't know if it's my top, but one of the best, I think, is the crazy 88 fight in Kill Bill <laughs> 1. Oh, that's pretty good. Because that yeah. goes on for a long time. Not quite as long like as Helm's movie. Deep. <laughs> But, you know, that's like 20 minutes or something. It's but fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Did you guys ever did you guys ever watch uh, Equilibrium? I think I talk about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. But like if you just want like a ridiculous fight scene, <laughs> Equilibrium because they use gun kata air quotes. Uh, the last the last fight scene in that movie is fun. Mm-hmm. It's like fun. I don't think it's the best, but it's fun. You know what? There was like uh there was one that I think is underrated because, of course, of the time and age. But it was uh, Sean Connery and, uh, you know, Wesley Snipes, Rising Sun, when they have to go to the, uh, the, the tower and it's old versus new. And it's like, you know, Sean Connery put his stuff down in that movie, man. I had to give him credit on it. It's, it's a great action movie, yet there's a detective story in it. But when the fight get real, it gets real. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with Sean Connery, which is no. the train fight in From Russia with Love, mm-hmm. uh, when they're in that tiny oh, yeah. little room and he's fighting Red, and you know it's just ow. I'm gonna go with uh, with two Marvel selects here. One, I think you could probably pull a few from the Captain America theme movies, but I do like Iron Man and Captain America going at it. Uh, was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, and then good. I also liked it was super short too, but Hulk versus Hulk Buster was pretty mm-hmm. badass too. The yeah. first time we saw that on the screen was really epic as well. So those are those are two of my Marvel nominations. But yeah, I think for me a Marvel nomination was a quick fight, Thor and Captain America fight, and then Thor throws the hammer down onto the cap shield. You remember oh, that? Yeah. They're fighting That's, everybody. That was the Avengers, the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just like one. slams a yeah. hammer on the. Sh- <laughs> it's like, thank God they did that. That was something they did all the time in the comics. I think we can do the best of Marvel because if I have to think, it's got to be from the Winter Soldier, Captain America in the elevator with all the Shield agents, and he kind of says, oh, "It's yeah. going to go down," yeah. and it goes down, man. It goes down. So. John Wick. In the first one, the nightclub scene, and then I think my favorite out of all of them is in the third one where they're having the knife fight 
and they're throwing knives mm. like snowballs at each other, and that oh, that's is fantastic. So good. <laughs> that's so good. I mean, did you just put John Wick one through four as a fight scene? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much. Literally, yeah, continu- <laughs> it's continuous fight scene. And I found out that in the scenes where you see him like reload the gun and he flings the he flings the magazine out and then like loads it with another one. Like he made that shit up, and and there's a dude that's like a trainer that's like, no, that's like a real way to do it. He just does it faster than anyone I've seen. <laughs> and I'm like, that's unreal. Like I want to find his HK. I think he's got. It's like, I think it's like an HK V9 because I want to practice pulling it back like he does. They got so many cool characters and fight scenes. I'm like, there's no way they're gonna be able to introduce another character or fight sequence that's gonna top the previous ones. And then I'm like. Is this guy blind? What the f- Oh shit. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Just when I thought they couldn't top themselves, they introduced that badass character and some cool fight scenes there. So I, I we can't pinpoint a fight there. I think we John Wick just need it's its own category for fight like fight sequences. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like so can we just say John Wick in its franchise is in the top five exactly. fight scenes? Like, are we are we committing? It has a home. You could almost put it to the Counter Reeves category, you know, because you've got to think uh, Neo versus Agent Smith in the Matrix. You know, like how many oh, great films yeah. has Counter Reeves really been a part of? Uh, like, you know, Patrick Swayze and uh, Keanu Reeves in uh, Point Break jumping out of plane fighting. You know, it's like Keanu Reeves gets his own category, <laughs> brother. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, true. Speed. Or- in speed yeah. he gets his one yeah okay podcast over keanu reeves wins and let's move on to uh, the next topic i agree uh, we're gonna just we're we're gonna take the easy route we're gonna bundle in matrix we're gonna bundle in john wick all the keanu reeves and and that's its own category keanu john wick keanu reeves fight scenes for sure i think we might get some some heat with bruce lee because we did we did look at one in particular, but there was a hell of a lot of other great fight sequences. Does Bruce Lee get its own category as well, or do oh. we say because he's he's definitely up there I'm right? sure. in terms of the movies and iconic, you know, Kareem, Chuck, uh-huh. like it could go on and on. Chuck you Norris, know? Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah. I mean, but also if you're doing him, you might as well do Donnie Yen as well. Uh, oh yeah, two great, it's true. you know, two different roles. He's a blind fighter. Uh, it's crazy. I'm surprised we haven't heard Dr. Brantley anything from Indiana Jones. From well, me. I was getting there, but uh, I do have to say, I don't think he's going to hold up against these guys in a fight scene. Okay. Oh, no. Now, the plane fight is fantastic. He does get his ass kicked, but he stays up and, you know, he gives pretty much as he's getting, uh, but he does know when to duck. Come on, Sure, we're gonna include any of uh, Jackie Chan, or is that a whole different whole podcast all to itself? <laughs> That's another one, right? That Jackie yeah. Chan for sure and his legacy of movies. It almost feels like we're cheating because now we're like the the, the top guys for fight scenes. <laughs> so we're gonna pump the brakes a bit, and we're gonna we're not gonna cheat. We're definitely we definitely have to like anchor to a Bruce Lee fight scene. We're gonna we're definitely gonna put John Wick in in its own category, but. Does Jackie Chan, one of his sequences, fall into the top five? We got a few others, and I would say, too, what about any of the Rocky fights, right? Like, you know, you don't typically think fight sequences, but that's iconic 
cinematic boxing fights, Absolutely. Apollo, and I make it go on and on. But I well, think I, I don't some know. Of it's, them may. it's not Apollo. I think it's either Clubber Lang or Ivan Drago is the best Rocky fight. I I don't know. I could say I think from uh, the Apollo, the Rocky two. Because that was more the first one. It's like you know you don't really know what you're getting into. The second film they built it up, and like you know, look, Apollo Creed has been embarrassed, and now he's got to get back in the ring with this guy who doesn't want to get back in the ring, and it, it stands up, and he's got one of the classic lines at the end of that film that damn near breaks your heart at the end. So, you know, I, I say although I love Coverland, <laughs> I love Mr. T, but I got to give Apollo Creed that that second bout is a fight, brother. I mean, dare I say Anakin Obi-Wan? You dare not say. I mean That's pretty epic. It's epic. I I don't think it's I don't think I don't think there's a lightsaber battle that's better. Mm, with I, two iconic characters. I, I would give you probably Return of the Jedi, Luke versus Dark Vader on the uh, Death Star. Because the silhouette in black is like one of those things that every time you see it you're like wow like there's there's no cgi in that that's practical effects or yeah. the duel of the fates in the first one that's true double bladed lifesaver first time we ever seen that so i that's think uh, we'll be going all night i think we're gonna have to do volume two volume three volume five do this <laughs> <laughs> well and this is also another one that i can't let go and that is ellen ripley versus the alien queen Oh, mm. okay. Uh, she's one of the most badass. Uh, I think way more than Sarah Connor, unfortunately for Linda Hamilton. Uh, mm. Sigourney Weaver takes that. Yeah, yeah. I think she's probably up there as one, probably one of the toughest uh, female characters ever to brace the screen. Because every time you see it, you know something that is is going down. So, absolutely. Yeah. And also one of the best lines in cinema: "Get, get away, away from, from her, you, you bitch." <laughs> True. What about Bloodsport? Mm. John Claude Van Damme. Hey, you love him or hate him, you got to put him in like one of them at least. You are next. Or Chet's favorite, uh, John Claude Van Damme fighting the snake. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Best fight scene ever. How come no one has brought up uh, Roadhouse yet? <laughs> the bar true. scene where he goes in and just kicks everyone's ass. Like, come on, you know, like that's yeah. that's pretty that's pretty accurate actually. Like, a sober dude that knows how to fight just beats up a whole bar. Inception, the zero gravity mm. fight scene, is pretty cool. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's good. Man, yeah, we have to go. I'm gonna say, uh, uh, who's not known for it, but every now and then there's a good one in them. Kurt Russell, Big Trouble, Little China. <laughs> they're they're funny yet i think he mastered the whole rush hour kind of thing before they ever did it and uh you know it's it's just the one where he's in the uh in that hotel fighting like you know i think it was thunder or something like that or lightning and it just comes right you know he has his humor to him but he also had the, the physique of someone that you knew could actually kind of handle himself so i always whenever i think of a fight scene it just kurt russell pops into the back of my head man we do have Mission Impossible, uh, oh. the bathroom scene with uh, the legendary Henry Cavill uh, cocking the of the fists with uh, Superman himself. Um, that was pretty epic too. 
True, true. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's so many, it's going to be tough to come, narrow this down. End of Taken. No. Uh, when Liam Neeson jumps on the boat and then goes in and just murders people left and right all the way through. There's got to be a category for, for Liam Neeson, brother. Because I, I could think of five or six Liam Neeson films where he did a great job in. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, every Liam Neeson film is the same. They just put a different name to it. True. True. <laughs> but it's all the same. It's all the same shit. But you've got to give him credit, though. He's the most versatile of all action stars. He's been like an ice world trucker, a bodyguard. Uh, you know, he's, every time you see him, he's a dad. You know, he's, he's, he's done it all. Well, but Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone was a truck driver and over the top. But no one's talking about those fight scenes. No, no, no. <laughs> no. What about Troy with uh, with uh, Eric Bana Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt's uh, Ach the Achilles, the fight scene? It was pretty epic, too. I know oh, we're yeah. dealing more in the sword battles, but I, that's a fight scene. Now, now you're going back, so we'd have to get into 300. Oh, yeah. When he just chest kicks the dude into the pit. That's a, that's a quick... <laughs> That is a quick fight scene and to the point. <laughs> All right, then. If, if we're you, going you, back, you announce what you you announce what you are, and you kick the other dude into some endless pit of shit. If we're going to that, then I got to say uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator. You know when he's when he's at yeah. am, am, Are you being entertained? <laughs> you know, oh, are you not entertained? Yeah, it's a great great scene, brother. Russell Crowe. Well, yeah. if we want to go that far back, then we got to go back to Cobra. With the oh, final man. fight with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> we knew that was coming. We knew Cobra had to, had to appear. This is where the law stops. And I start. I mean, I don't know if you've under, I don't know if you catch on yet, but <laughs> that Magnum PI. <laughs> next uh, the best of characters who wore sunglasses no. on the next episode of the Shadow Crew Podcast. <laughs> Atomic Blonde had a pretty good fight in the mm -hmm. hall or uh, the stairway. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. Yeah, he was yep. pretty badass. Yeah, that was good. What was the bond? I'm pretty sure it's Sean Connery fighting uh, Jaws in the airplane that turns into like a parachute fight or whatever it was. No, Roger I, Moore. Which one is that? Roger Moore. That was Roger yeah, Moore. Was yeah. Roger Moore. <laughs> that was a good scene. Yeah, not too many. Time. Not too many Roger Moores will be on this one. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is we could be all, all night on this category. <laughs> so what what we have now is John Wick in its own category. So I think we should start. We we've thrown a lot of into the best of fight universe. So I think it's time to start narrowing down the five. I think again, every everyone listening, John Wick, The Matrix, in its own Keanu Reeves category. So they're excluded. I think Kill Bill has to be in the top five. That to me is iconic the crazy 88s also you could take a couple of other fight scenes but i think that one in particular was just like monumental the way it was filmed so iconic female character i'm gonna say that belongs in the top five but honestly i think keanu just takes this whole category Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> i also agree with that no 
way. Yes, way. I think so. I think if you give it to the, <laughs> the present mind, yeah, like there hasn't really been too many. You know, you've got to think he's probably what the last remaining action star really that's like really taking it beyond because Keanu Reeves does not look like an action star. He looks like a regular guy doing action stuff. And I think that that's what makes his performances way better than, you know, say the Sylvester Stallone's and Arnold Schwarzenegger's. And um, maybe, I would say maybe Bruce Willis fits into that Keanu Reeves category because Bruce, Bruce looks like a regular guy. Mostly you've got, you know, real buff guys and everything. So Keanu Reeves to master that, especially at this age uh, that he's in right now, it's a credit. It's a credit. So the best, the top five uh, fight scenes in cinematic history, Keanu Reeves, Bruce Lee, and Kill Bill. There you have it, folks. We, <laughs> we abide by the books, our own rules. Those are those those are her, our top five. Are we aligned? Yeah, I yeah, can go with that. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we just want Keanu Reeves on the podcast. So that's why. Uh, <laughs> but I think you make a good point, Dr. Brantley. I think between The Matrix and John Wick, I don't think anybody is even close. And I know Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, but I think those take the cake for sure. So I think we're all in agreement. Let's segue to. Uh, some topics we love to talk about, which is the toy world. I know we've all again been on the hunt for the clearance discount special item toys. For those yeah. of you listening, uh, Shadow recommends the top finds. So scroll through previous videos, you'll find some of the great deals he's come across, where to find. But Chet. You've come yes, across sir. some interesting deals as of late. Tell the audience. Yes, I have. Probably one of the least places I expected. And I and to be completely honest, I have no idea how I've never uh, seen this because I've been into the store multiple times living out in Georgia. Uh, it's called uh, Ollie's, O-L-L-I-E-S. Their tagline is good stuff cheap. And so the other day I had to go pick something up at Tractor Supply and Ollie's is next to it. And I decided, you know, I'm going to I'm going to run in here and I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can find anything. And shortly after I was in there, I was blowing uh, Mr. Storm's phone up with <laughs> all of the shit that I was finding. And I tried to send it in the group message and like pictures weren't going through. And I was just like, whatever. I like this is insane. Anyways, I landed across so much. Like there was just hundreds of Marvel Legends, like brand new in the box for like nine bucks, five bucks. A ton of Hasbro G.I. Joe's for like nine bucks, five bucks. I found the last Cobra Hiss Tank, which was fantastic. Happy birthday, Alex. That's coming to you. Um, 
So, and then I got, uh, I got this, um, I think probably, I think probably the biggest come up that I got was the studio series Transformer the movie Starscream. Because as I was taking pictures of it, Mr. Storm was reminding me that that was a 45 or $49 <laughs> item that I had got for $12. <laughs> And it's and it's like brand new. So now there's this problem of uh, I will be hitting that up at least once, if not twice a week, because there is a there is a lot of things that we saw in there. And I will definitely be back. I have some ideas of what to do with all that stuff. So that does remind me, though, that I did find uh, two. They are the uh, Sergeant Slaughter classified series. Uh, they had two left, and I know that those were a pretty penny um, because I heard the yelling from uh, Mr. Storm's phone as he told me he paid full price, and I paid like twelve dollars or something for this. Uh, so I bought I bought the remaining ones that they had, and I figured, hell, why not? Let's uh, you know, in in the next uh, couple podcasts, we're going to announce some giveaways, and we're going to give away some uh, Sergeant Slaughters. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about that. We're not sure what that is yet. We'll we'll come up with that idea, but I figure you know if we're if we're finding things for cheap, let's pass it on. You know, people that like toys, sense. right? Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's let's buy them when we can and see if we can pass them on. And some other exciting news about toys coming out from us. But you know, that's uh, but yeah. So all these uh, you can't even buy it online. Like you have to go into the location. And uh, fortunately, there's like seven by me. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Oh. So that's great. Uh, go to Georgia, get a $50 figure for $12. Come to California, space $7 for a gallon of gasoline. Uh, I think in terms of the state comparisons, Chet has won this battle. Yes. But, yes. Without, but, but we are finding some deals in, in the state of California. Mr. Storm, have you come across anything in your in your hunt for select figures i i did uh shadow and i were out this week um because we were doing some things all over the he came out where i was and then i went out to where he was and uh he hit up some targets man and like there was just coming off that 50 percent sale with a lot of the classifieds and figures like that and uh you know he gives me a, a crap load of stuff for my birthday which was awesome but um target uh, there was a lot of great deals a lot of the uh surplus like we've been hearing all over from the other toy YouTubers. Uh, they're just, I think Hasbro just did a huge overstock and now they're just supplying that to the Oli's and all the other places. Uh, but uh, I know Ross has had some 599 figures that we came across. The Crimson Guard figures I saw there. Uh, we saw also uh, Tomac and Zamok. They were over there. We went to Didi's. Shadow came up. So he's, he's got a video coming up because Shadow's been coming up lately. He's been stacking this stuff up. So when people keep asking me, how come they haven't seen Shadow the Shadow, he, there's a bunch of videos that he's about to drop because he's all over the place. In his area where he's down in um, in Long Beach area, oh, he's, like, it's way better out there hunting than it is out here. And then Walmart, surprisingly, Walmart has been slashing prices as well. And it's normally this happens around the maybe early november maybe late october when they started but uh we were in there this weekend and i think it was one out here in the inland empire that we went to and there were a lot there were mcfarland figures that were slashed uh of course obviously there's a bunch of jurassic park <laughs> shelves. 
there's a bunch of Jurassic Park, but uh, we're starting to see all that trickle down right here because I believe that they're putting on the new stocks for Christmas and a lot of figures are just passing hands now. So, you know, hey, you know, Hasbro's loss is our game, man. And follow up on the Target thing, I would I would say, um, as I, if I, I've been searching, I, I, I stumbled across a few deals, uh, a couple of wrestling figures just recently as of today, walked in, saw an Undertaker um, classic series for marked down to six bucks. Oh. Uh, really great deal. A couple G.I. Joe classified at $10. Here's a trick I, I think specifically for Target that I've found in a couple of the local places. Make sure you check the end caps and the end caps mm-hmm. that are not even associated with the toy aisles. As I ventured down past a couple aisles down where you normally wouldn't look, they had a bunch of loose stuff, some of it that didn't even have prices on it. And so you may be thinking someone may have left that figure. It doesn't belong in clearance. Take it to the scanner. I was blown away with some of the prices. So I think right now, G.I. Joe, um, yeah, some Transformers stuff, definitely some um, some definitely Indiana Funkos. Jones. Indiana Jones. Um, there's about 25 Indiana Jones whips, if anybody's interested <laughs> in those, um, for clearance. But uh, I stumbled across a couple of cool things. Unfortunately, the Star Wars markdowns go really fast, so they were hard yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. You know, the professional pickers and hunters – we try our best, but they're really on top of their game uh, that, you know, I only come across every so often, but I could tell those things are picked up pretty fast. The Star Wars collectors. I saw a guy when, uh, and Shadow will tell you this, when we were in Target and there was a guy, he had like a stack of 10 and he was walking up to the counter mm-hmm. and, and Shadow looks, he says, like, man, this guy is out of his mind, dude. You know, but there's, when you see those deals, five ninety nine, and I believe they were, I think he was uh, troop building. Because he, I was like, man, that's a heck of a stock that Target had. But he literally had 10 figures stacked and was like doing a juggling act. And like, you know, like even a, a Shadow goes up to him like, brother, here, just take my cart. <laughs> just, just take my cart. Go up to the front and everything. So uh, it's definitely right now is the time if you have, you know, anybody that you know uh, that loves any of the Star Wars Black series, anybody that loves Classified, uh, Transformers, uh, any of those, uh, even a lot of a lot of Motu, He-Man is all over the place, you know, because I think there's like five yeah. or six different lines of that, and they're all like pretty much on clearance now. So, you know, if you can get to them now. The He-Man, the He-Man line that doesn't sell is whatever that Netflix thing was they did. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they, they actually had a toys. bunch of classics at the, at the uh, Target that we went to. There's a bunch of classic Motus that were sitting on the shelf, too, and we were like, man. So right now it's the time if you're if like, you know, I know that all the toy YouTubers have been putting that up for several weeks now. There's still a lot of supplies out there. It, it It's worth just driving down to your targets or your Walmarts or any or your Oli's. <laughs> you know, just if we, we had those in Southern California, I would have absolutely zero money in my bank account. I can tell you that. Well, when I was when I was in that store, I was looking because they had like the Legends build a figure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, they have so many figures here. And I couldn't find like a complete build a figure set. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but whatever, you know. I will say the Star Wars, the um I've been impressed. I, I know they're like a take on like the retro figures, but the the book of Boba Fett figures are kind of cool. The Mando, like I saw a full Mando ship that you know, you know, you paint an arm and a leg, it's full price, but a lot I just like the box. Like we talked about stuff where you can't see mm-hmm. some of the figures. When it comes to the classic, like 
Star Wars, I don't mind it, like just because the art's really cool. Um, so there's a couple pieces. I hope it goes on clearance with like the new uh, Ahsoka figures hit the shelves. I'll watch closely for some of those figures that I love to you know collect. But tons of Star Wars stuff. Um, just the clearance stuff is gone. Um, the Chronicles of Indiana Jones collecting and Mister Brantley. Uh, any any positives? It's been a uphill battle for you in the collection game. Well. Uh, because of all of you guys and learning about the discount figures and seeing so many on the shelves, I actually just canceled my entire last wave of the figures that have not shipped yet, except for the Indiana Jones, because he's going to be hard to find. But the other ones, the Grail Knight, his father, Elsa, and for some reason... Antonio Banderas from the last movie, even though he's in it for like four and a half minutes, he gets a figure. But uh, I canceled all those because I guarantee you I'll find those discounted in a couple of weeks. Or Shadow Will. Yes, you will. Shadow yep. Will. <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to be at Ollie's for about two ninety nine. dollars so yeah. we'll, we'll wait on Chet's uh, phone call. Look, even with him shipping it out to California, it's still cheaper to buy it in California. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Now, I, I will say, outside of clearance toys, one of the things that I saw, I know we were trading texts back and forth. I haven't seen them in person, but the McFarlane Batman the animated series figures. Have you all seen these in, in real life yet? Because I've been trying to, God, I've been trying damn, to buy them. They are awesome. There's some sexy toys there. Um, yeah. What do you all think about that line? I mean, again, McFarlane's really stepped up the game. DC's really great, but specifically classic animated series. Are you all excited about that? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen them in, in person yet because if I did, you guys would get a text message of all of the ones that I bought. Like, I literally have a card, like, and this is no joke. I have a credit card I use specifically for toy buying. <laughs> like, and, and so that's how, that's how I monitor it. I, I pay it off every month, but I just literally am like, I'm using this card for like toys and bullshit. Uh, and uh, if I if I run into some of these McFarlane, because some of these that I'm looking at for the animated series, I'm like, man, you just ripped that shit right off the cell. Yes. Like, yes. no yeah. joke. Like, yes. no joke. Like, just, it's almost, I, it might actually be better, but it's, it might, it's almost better than the cartoon series that NECA does of the Ninja Turtles. Mm. But I think it probably actually might be better. Because these are unreal. Because like, literally out of the animated series, and I don't know if he's did if he if he's gonna do Batman Beyond. But if he does, no, I'm gonna get a Toby McGinnis figure real quick. Well, I can tell you, I was looking at um, the stuff they were showing at the um, the Build a Figure series from the Toy Fair. The Build a Figure is uh, the Condiment King, which I don't think I've ever uh, seen that in figure format. So that's what actually was uh, pretty good. But they also had. That is that is so random. That by is the way. that is. Does and anybody remember? Like it's very, very only vaguely. from the Lego Batman movie. The Riddler, <laughs> Scarecrow, Pizza Delivery, Bane. Hello, Two Face. We need that door open, baby. Catwoman. Meow meow, you're in. Meow meow. Penguin. Crazy Quilt. Eraser. Polka Dot Man. Mine. Tarantula. King Tut. Orca. Killer Moth. March Harriet. Zodiac Master. Gentleman Ghost. Clock King. Calendar Man. Kite Man. Cat Man. Zebra Man. And the Condiment King. Okay, are you making some of those up? Nope, they're all real. 
probably worth the Google. You know what? And oh. I, I only remember it from the actual. I've never seen that character in the DC comics or never paid attention to it. But when it did premiere on the animated series, I was like, who's this character? Ah, the big bad bat guy. I knew you'd catch up to me sooner or later. How I've relished this meeting. You, the dynamic Dark Knight, versus me, the conceptual condiment king. Come, Batman. Let's see if you can cut the mustard. Quiet. <laughs> and it made me go back and actually read books with him in it. And I was like, well, oh, that actually, actually is a real character. But they also have the, um, uh, and McFarlane does this better than almost everyone else does. You know, he gives you inexpensive products that surprise you a little bit. There's the, uh, the bat cycle from the animated movie, and it lights up. And it comes with a removable head that has, like, Batman with his helmet on, his bike helmet. I'm like, okay. Right? Again, McFarlane does great work. And every time he does, like, I'm going to have to get, like, uh, also Mr. Maddox here and get my own credit card personally devoted to that kind of stuff. Because right now, I'm just doing it right out of my bank account and just clearing it out every every week, man. So. I mean, I'll, I'll take the points, man. You just tell me what you want. That shit will show up at your house. <laughs> like, trust me. I, you know what I'm finding out? I think that these are all supposed to be on Target, right? Yes, most of them are used. Yeah, but you can't order them. You can I, I couldn't order them online. It was just like all well, Walmart. Out box. Walmart has like a McFarland Toys DC Direct Batman the Animated Series four pack action figures. I saw that one. Mm-hmm. That has that has Batman, the Joker, Harley Quinn, and uh, Harvey. Harvey Moore. Did. And apparently, mm-hmm. I can get that to. I could get that in my house in like two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. This new set. I think they just they premiered some of them at the uh, toy fair and they look fantastic. And of course they did, you know, McFarlane's there. He's the best front man of any toy uh, company out there next to uh, the gentleman Ace from ramen toys, because tonight uh, Dr. Brittley and I were watching a, a live stream from one of our other uh, YouTubers out there that had Ace and he did the, uh, uh, the diorama, the sewer. Di- well, he, he doesn't get, it's called the, the, the musk. He doesn't call it the sewer that NECA did. But he's produced, he's beat NECA at his own game. And this thing is a game changer. This modular system that he's built is fantastic, man. What's interesting to me now is the popular Call of Duty Warzone video game. Mm-hmm. You, you recently could buy a Spawn skin for the game. Mm-hmm. I see Spawn figures popping up. Spawn versus Batman. Spawn, Spawn, Spawn. Is this a precursor to Spawn? Are we going to see Spawn again? I, I know we've talked about. It. Do you think there's going to be a film again? Is there a TV show? Is there? I just feel like this character has kind of lived on, and there hasn't been anything relatively recent other than the ongoing books. That does anybody really read Spawn anymore? But I'm just curious for your thoughts because I've always wanted to see a better version of a Spawn movie. But how is Spawn still like thriving? How do people know? Like I'm just I'm blown away by it. So, what's your take on it? You keep publishing it, it will keep it will keep surviving. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's to the point of just persistence on McFarland's end. Uh, I've I've been uh, only time I respawn. I used to be an avid spawn reader when it first came out, and now it's like when anytime there's a milestone, when like whenever it hits like a three hundred or three fifty, I'll purchase that copy. But he's done a great job of keeping the character around for I believe what thirty years now. You know, he, he's he's out there constantly pushing that character. And I even Shit, heard 30 years. I, I think he's in 
uh, modern warfare if i didn't um i just saw an yeah, announcement yeah, yeah. that spawns in modern warfare i'm like this like it's the biggest video game in the planet you could play as spawn like what the hell like how like how does the young generation know spawn like that's what i'm confused about video games right because hmm. Like Spawn didn't have a video. That's what I'm saying. Is like well, he no did, video he did game. Have, he did have a video game, but I think it's because yeah, he keeps. But making... how does like a 12 year old know Spawn? Spawn's been in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so that's what. But like he's a genius. He's a marketing genius. Yes, he is. Because like Spawn, like how is he relevant still? I don't get me wrong. I think he's a cool ass character. But I'm just like, there's no movies. There's no TV series unless you go in the past. Mm-hmm. But yet there's figures. There's he's in games. There. It's it's a someone needs to like look at McFarlane and go how the hell did you keep this this, this character alive? Tom McFarlane's persistent. That's the one thing you have to give with him is that you know even through his comic career, even through his toy career, even uh, the the lunacy of him buying baseballs for millions of dollars, he just has a way of just keeping himself relevant. And through that, I think that he is his best pitchman for Spawn. And I know he's been talking to Jason Bloom about, you know, getting the Spawn movie and it's been going back and forth and, you know, he keeps trying, but make no mistake, Todd McFarlane is the reason why Spawn is relevant. It's not like in the case of um, Stan Lee, Spider-Man was more relevant sometimes than Stan Lee was, you know? In this case, I truly believe that Todd McFarlane is not around. I don't know if uh, Spawn's going to get that same kind of love because, you can tell mm-hmm. that this is his singular character. He pushes that out. And I give him credit because while the other Image co-founders have hundreds of different characters, he's pretty much stayed the course with Spawn every now and then branching out for something. But, you know, I, I, he's the ultimate pitch man. Uh, he's, he's, he's iconic for a reason because people know his name and they know his character's name. They might not have seen his character. But they at least have heard mm-hmm. of Tom McFarlane. So I give him credit for that, man. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. happens when you name the company after yourself. You true, know? true. <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that's true. Any 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 last thoughts on Spawn Toys? Well, I will say I think we came up with a new segment which is called Chet's Toys and Bullshit. <laughs> what, did, what what toys and bullshit did Chet uh, to purchase this yep. week? Let's check out his credit card statement. <laughs> yeah, we got to keep that quiet. We, 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 don't need, we, we don't we don't need to look at that. We don't yeah. need to look at that yet. We'll let's have just, a, let's just like, pause because I don't. I mean, I, it's hard to keep track of, you know. Maybe we should have uh, Samuel Jackson pop in in the back of the Capital One car. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Spawn's 30-plus year. Damn, I'm old. I shit, know, shit. I know. We're all old. But <gasps> speaking of old, <laughs> speaking of old, Star Trek Picard. <laughs> what a great segue. So, <laughs> uh, Patrick Stewart wants a Picard movie at 83. Is this a joke? Uh, is, is this possible? Is it worth like what's going on here? Honest thoughts here. Is it is it even worth? I mean, shit. You got we got we got three seasons out of the Picard TV series, and, and one of them was good. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, one of them was good. Uh, <laughs> no matter of fact, they, yeah, one of them was good. They all just suck. <laughs> I I thought they left it off the series in a good place. And I just don't think they can come back 
from that if they do something else to do a movie. Look, they they had several films already on the screen. And the one thing that we know about the Star Trek uh, uh, Next Generation films, they almost always underperformed. There was maybe one or two great gems out of them, but other than that, they were not very interesting. And I know if you can blame Rick Berman uh, at the time who had the hands and keys to it, but I just don't think that at this point, you know, we're looking at like, you know, Dr. Brentley and I was talking and it's like, what, you're, you're running like, you know, two years into production. He's 85 when he started filming that. Cross your fingers, you know, that that gets done. I, I, I think they left it on a good spot. That last final season was just a good send off. And I think if you're going to do anything for the next generation universe, Maybe you start looking at the Voyager Cruise or Deep Space Nine or some of the older, younger actors that's still around other than Patrick Stewart, to be honest with you. If you're going to do a Star Trek thing with the older characters, I think it should be sort of like an Avengers team-up kind of a thing where you take characters from Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and a couple from Next Generation, and you can do something, you know, a giant galaxy-wide threat, but have all these characters that you know have to get together and figure it out. Uh, but, I mean, Picard, they don't need a movie. It, You're right, it ended great with the series. They don't need to touch it. Only, you know, they can only lose. Do you think they should revise like a, maybe a TV series with like Chris Pine at the helm and kind of revisit the the latest movie installments and go like a series format? Do you feel like Chris Pine and I mean, J, I know there's JJ Abrams. We've read articles about, you know, what the future holds for him. We could spend a whole episode talking about that. But do you feel there could be a really great series come from that? those those films that I thought were relatively good? Or do you think like you just need a fresh start and new folks? Because I think sometimes you're missing like a pop, you need like a, you need like a big star to really branch out of like the, the Star Trek fans, you know, Paramount. I think if you put like, you, you need to, I think they have an opportunity to make it as big as Star Wars and, and, and the series, the Disney plus stuff. They just don't have an anchor, like a big, powerful actor behind it. And that's what I guess what I'm asking. And maybe Chris Pine's not the person, but do you think it's worth visiting, putting someone behind this franchise to like make it just as popular? I, I think the problem with the with this Star Trek franchise is not so much the, the star power, it's the executive power behind it. You know, is there's, there's so many starts and stop projects. There's so many ones that are being kicked off of Paramount+. Plus. You know, first of all, I, I think that they overextended their hand with Paramount Plus. Disney, you know, has the foundation and the loyalty, but Paramount, I just don't think they have the same way. I think removing Star Trek off of actual standard television, that's that's not a wise move. I think you, you limit your audience. They don't have the Disney brand audience. So I think that's what's really hurting them, the executive decisions. Uh, I think three seasons of Picard was like when they had two underwhelming that last season they should have done as one season, and that probably would have uh, sufficed it for fans. I think Strange New Worlds is doing a really good job of like building the Star Trek lore from a time period that we haven't quite really paid attention to, the pre-Kirk series. Uh, so I think that they... They've got it. I just think taking it off of Paramount Plus and putting it maybe on CBS and getting more eyes and more focused on it, I think that will help them 
other than or or at least switching your game plan and removing Star Trek from Paramount Plus, maybe adding it to a Netflix or some place where there's a little bit more viewership because I just don't think Paramount Plus is has the the viewers and the eyes that's able to get that franchise bigger than what they were when they were on standard syndication. I think the main problem is they're going back to the same problem they had in the late 90s, which is they had three shows on the air. They had the next generation movies. And so people were getting a little bit tired of so much Star Trek and they're doing the same thing. Let's run it into the ground because they have, they have four different shows now, I think. So, you know, it's like they need to calm down, actually think out some of these stories a little better. And, you know, if you're going to do Chris Pine and that crew, make it a movie, make it a big event, you know, because the original crew, they had six movies. And those were pretty much, for the most part, uh, well thought out and laid out, and the audience came with them. You can't be talking about Undiscovered Country with that, right? (laughs) Undiscovered Country is great. It's the final frontier you want to avoid. I don't know. I think there's three good Star Trek films, maybe four, maybe four, but you know, I I think you're right. I think it's overexposure, but I also think, I think Paramount Plus is just, you know, it's like, I know everyone wanted to have their own streaming channel and we've seen that from all the others and all of a sudden now I'm starting to see like cross channeling of things that were exclusive from one channel. Now it's on Amazon Prime or it's back on Netflix and I think we're getting back to the reality of your own channel's not going to hold if you don't have the viewership to do that on, you know? What do you think about it, Chet? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Dr. Cranley here. I think that it's it's very much like if you added scarcity to Star Trek, people would want to watch it. But you don't. You give all these... There's too, there's too many things to follow. Like... I go back and I watch like next generation and I'm happy. Like it's It's great. It's a, it's a great show. I watched like the first episode of Picard. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I've actually had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times. He was in the Apple store I worked at. I think Chris remembers that. Uh, but he like take the Star Trek movies, right? They were good, but like, you know, there is way too much hype behind any of the ones J.J. Abrams did, and it didn't. It didn't hold up. It was okay. It, they, I don't think. I don't think they were good. I could go back on on uh, my VCR and watch the VHS ones that are way better. I think the writing was a lot better. I think the writing stuck with the lore. I think it it had the same style we were used to seeing on the TV shows. I love all the sub ones that came out after, right? Like, I think that each one of them has their own place in time. But where the problem is, is that you just give them all at once to try to see who watches what. And I'm surprised it hasn't had the Firefly effect, right? Like, when Firefly came out, it, all intents and purposes, Firefly should still be on air, right? But they didn't air it, right? They didn't air it in order, and everyone was confused as hell. They didn't know what was going on. But now you go back, you watch Firefly in order the way it was supposed to be aired, and you're like, this should still be on TV. But I think Star Trek is just like it's it's over it's over flooded. It's 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 like what it's like what, in my opinion, uh, Disney's doing with Star Wars uh, to some extent in terms of just like, cool, we're gonna take everything everyone loves about Star Wars and just make as many freaking shows as we can 
uh, and not pay attention to the fact that while we're spending all this money on this shit, we're not making any money because no one's watching shit and we're losing subscribers because we're not putting anything good out. We're just, we're just making stuff to make stuff. And I think, I think that there's a point in time where people were just going to be like, I'd rather have quality than just like quantity. One series in particular that just wrapped up is Ahsoka. And so I think we should jump into that a bit. Spoiler alert, everyone. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. The conclusion, episode number eight. Your thoughts as it wind down. We talked about it last up a couple episodes ago, the momentum building up into this point. First, just your general thoughts. And then also, you know, where do you rank it in terms of the Star Wars TV series that have hit Disney Plus over the past several years. So thoughts, gentlemen. I thought um, I was a tad bit, I think, thrown off a loop for the end of Ahsoka. I was hoping it was going to be a kind of season one kind of conclusionary situation, but it seemed like they left it extremely open-ended. And I thought with uh, Ray Stevenson being able to not come back, there's a plot hole in this that's going to require either recasting. It's going to, it's going to have to have recasting, but I thought they just, they, they, things happened, but nothing really happened. And I was a little disappointed by the end. And I was like, you know, it's like, okay, now we're going to have to wait till a, a, possibly a season two. If we get a season two, chances are it's going to get a season two. Um, but it would just do me for a loop, man. I was not, I kept looking at my like watch and I was like, Oh, it's going to be unresolved, isn't it? <laughs> So I was disappointed by that. I thought the storyline could have ended and could have ended season one and then going to season two. And really all it did was like, they kind of teased you at the end, like, guess what? You're going to have to wait to season two to find out any resolutions to this. So that's what I was mostly disappointed about. I thought the, um, there was a couple of key uh, lightsaber scenes that were pretty decent. It started slow. It ended a tad bit slow. And the middle was the best part of it of the entire series. I would put if I'm ranking this, it's 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 better than Book of Fett and but I don't see it any better than Andor or The Mandalorian. So I think it's like the third rated Star Wars show because I, I thought and beyond which I think Andor is probably number one and Mandalorian is a maybe one A, one B, but I think Asuka is like after that and then you see the others at Book of Fett. You know, I think it was on it was on par with Book of Fett, to be honest with you, a lot of stuff. So that's my thoughts on it. I mean, all they accomplished really in the whole series was Ezra and Thrawn switched places with Ahsoka and Sabine. And now they're in the, you know, now Thrawn's in the new, you know, the Star Wars universe that we know. And now Ahsoka and Sabine are stranded in this other place. And that's about it. They teased, oh, Thrawn's coming back with some cargo. We don't know what it is yet. Uh, Ray Stevenson's character, Balin, he's teased a thing and he spent all this time and we really didn't, I, we weren't with him very long and we don't really know what he was up to except he's looking at something off in the distance. So they just set up a questions in eight episodes and you know it's like what did we what were we doing here except to introduce these characters into live action that's about it the zombie star stormtroopers are cool yeah so i will say that 
Um, hadn't seen that, so that was pretty neat. I think the lightsaber battles were cool. I think overall, my thoughts on the series was we introduction of a really cool character we've talked about previous episodes in Balin. I like at least where it may go, which is like, it sounds to me not really being vested into deeply the Star Wars lore, but it sounds like he is seeking the balance of dark versus light. Like at the end of the day, which is a kind of cool like where he's headed. I don't know where that's going to go. And obviously he's passed, so they'll have to recast it. But I think that was really cool. I think the way it was shot, I think was probably some of the coolest aspects of Star Like I think it was really, the, the way it was filmed, like Dave Filoni does a really great job in capturing the Star Wars universe, the essence. But in summary, I felt like it was like, look at like the animation that we've done and look how true we can make it in film, like in the, in the, like make it real. Like it was almost like it wanted to do that more than anything else. Rather than like really compelling storytelling, it was like trying to appease the fans of the animated series that like we're staying a hundred percent true to it. And look how, look, look what we've done. And I think you probably alienated a lot of people that are not as close to it. The general audience that was kind of confused. If you didn't watch it, you're like, what's this? And what's that? I'm watching it with my wife. I've seen the, the, the animated stuff, but she had like, what, huh? Like there's a lot of questions and you have to really, really be a star Wars fanatic. You didn't need to do that with the Mandalorian. I mean, there were some things, some Easter eggs and some characters. If you hadn't watched previous star Wars stuff, same thing with the book of fat, same thing with, with, um, Andor. There's no question Mandalorian season one and two and or all the, I think they're all good. I would say if I'm, I'm ranking it, I would say Mandalorian one and two and or uh, this series Mandalorian season three and then um, Book of Fett. Like that's, that's how I would rank it. But I think overall it was entertaining, but I think to all of your points, it just didn't kind of fell a little bit flat. And it wasn't like I'm excited for more. It was like, that's it. Like the cliffhanger was kind of, yeah. So well, I, I think they kill it because now we know we're probably going to wait two years <laughs> to see this <laughs> because it's, they're yeah. not going to, you know, unless the, the actors all square away, the writers all square away, they work 24 seven for the next several months. So we're looking at a two year delay and seeing Asuka again. And that's, that's the worst part about it because by the time we get back to that, you're going to forget, you know, most of the series anyways. They, they take it the same thing with The Mandalorian. They did that one season came out and the second season came out. And then I think the third season took like two or almost three years, right? It was it was, it was was a while. Yeah. And I mean, Grogu I, was like 48 years old by the time this, <laughs> the season three came along. <laughs> I think that that anticipation and the length of that time, I think that's a discouraging factor. It's that these shows for eight episodes, it takes you two years to knock out eight. And, you know, it's it's going to be hard to capture ordinances like that. But I'm sucking up Mr. Maddox time. So go ahead, brother. <laughs> no, you, you ain't you ain't sucking it up. I I'll let you in on a little secret. Purposely still haven't watched it because I wanted to get to this podcast to find out if I should watch it. And it just proves my point that Disney can't make anything good ever. Because, like, I know I know that. 
Ahsoka got good in the middle. Like it was epic to see <laughs> that stuff. And then at the end, it's like reading a Stephen King book, man. It's all fantastic. And at the end, it's all shit because his wife writes it. Like, it's just not the same thing. It's like you go in and it's like, oh, this is great. They take all these characters and they get all the fanboy wet dreams because we all want to see this shit. And then it's just like, they just give the stuff. Even when there's not rioter strikes, they just give the stuff. And they're just like, man, at least we got them to watch it. And it's like, yeah, well, look at your Disney Plus numbers, dipshits like that. We don't care. You know, like, I don't think. Like Disney is on their way to like encouraging piracy of their films because people don't want to pay for Disney plus to be disappointed, to know that they're going to be disappointed. Like we all are for the next two years, wondering if anything good's going to come out of what we just spent time watching. It's and don't get me wrong. It's awesome to see this stuff come to like live action. And we're getting to the point where it's like, it can actually kind of keep up with like animated but it's just like I like I have an issue when I'm spending my time to like watch something only to be let down. And the first time I ever experienced this, by the way, which was owned by ABC, which is a company of Disney, was with Lost. And when I had to watch what they did to Lost, I was like, you wasted how many years of my life <laughs> to give me this end of Lost? <laughs> And I even came back after skipping some seasons because you guys got stupid. And that's all. And that's that's all that that's all they did with with this one is like, yeah, it's great. Like, she's a great character. Like, it's a great run. It's like, it's ideal. But it's like if we go back to what we were talking about like a few podcasts ago, like that's why literally one of my favorite Star Wars movies is Rogue One. It's like, yeah, I didn't I didn't know I gave a shit about the stuff that happened in between yeah. the two Star Wars movies. But mm -hmm. now that I saw Rogue One, I'm like, this is like one of the best espionage spy films i've ever seen in my entire life i think andor also did a good job of like capitalizing on the same way i just believe that you know while i think dave filoni is a, a a great successor to george lucas but he is an animated an animation director and there's a lot of flaws that happen in animation i think the main problem that's happening with the disney plus shows and any most of any other shows on streaming is that they basically open in the stories just in one season with one season and then move on to another season, make every season a climactic. But what we're doing is we have that whole kind of like, okay, it's like when we were watching conventional television and at the end of like May, they were like, okay, well, we'll be back in September, but that's not the case. We're going to be going yeah. through like three or four Septembers before we see again. Well, but it's because it, that, but that's because of how much everything costs to do. Of now. course. Like oh. back then it's like the Magnum PI will be back in September. It's like, Oh, I'll just use the same old shit and just <laughs> dress the same actors up and make them run the opposite way in Miami. Like it, it's, but like now it's like, like you said, there's just too much, there's too much time in between for people yes. to like stay attached. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I'm not going to stay attached. It's well, too far in between. I right? think, they may have a diabolical plan behind it all, and that is to put so much tiny details of Star Trek lore in there that in the meantime, for before season two, you have to go back and watch all the Clone Wars and watch all the Rebels episodes. Wait, hold on. You, you said Star, Star Trek. Trek. I mean, Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, whatever. Star Trek's better. <laughs> Now, <laughs> now, and uh, think about think about this, right? The uh, season 
three awesome. to season four of Star Trek The Next Generation. They had the mm-hmm. best cliffhanger I think I've ever seen, which is Picard is a Borg, and they say, okay, well, we can't so save him. We gotta, we gotta blow him up. All right? Fire. Don't. To be continued. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, but then, but in September, the show came back. <laughs> yes, but but also, right? You're you are anticipating it. It built up to a satisfying climax. Yes. Where even if for some reason they stopped there, you could be like, oh god, what happened? You know, and you could still be with that. Uh, Ahsoka, essentially, like everyone's okay with what happened, and we're just in different places now. And, you know, there wasn't any end story point. <laughs> they should like just the end Sopran- it. The Sopranos. They should have just ended it with, like, like a, a husband and wife hogging at the sunset of Tatooine. Just like <laughs> and, then the, and then the happy earth blows day. up. They would have gotten more out of it if the end of the episode was just the two Ahsoka and What's-His-Nuts, like, just show up. And it's like a camera pans to her, then it pans to him, and then both their lightsabers come out, and then it cuts to black. Yeah, yeah. That or then the, the, you got people. You got people there like, wait, what am I watching? Because like that's what they did in the animation. Mm-hmm. There's only yeah. one payoff here that works. My I know some people crazy. are talking Luke Skywalker, and others are talking Balin School or whatever. I want to see an epic, like end game battle. Between those little turtle creatures and Ewoks, a full-fledged five-hundred-person Ewok battle in these little turtles would be awesome to see. Ewoks are kicking their ass. If they I, deliver I, that, I'm I'm in. I'm I, in. I think I think the turtles could like build a ship to go to the Ewoks galaxy. I don't think the Ewoks are making it out there. <laughs> <laughs> and how the fuck does a super star destroyer not disintegrate a space whale? I don't I mean, understand. I was confused. Cuz the lasers the lasers they're not they you know, they're not meant for biomatter. They're meant for like <laughs> metal. So <laughs> like if you got whale blubber in space, you're safe. This is like the the yeah. Shadow Crew Star Wars definition now. <laughs> yeah, I think that that wraps up Ahsoka, and uh, I think the overall perspective is yeah, it was entertaining, it was okay, but it could have ended better. And uh, we'll see what season two holds five years from now. That's the same thing I'm experiencing. <laughs> I just picked up watching The Witcher season three. I don't know what no. happened five years ago when that Witcher two aired. So I'm lost. And I'm like, I'm not rewatching season two. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, no. And that's the, the re- problem when re- things yeah. are delayed. It's just like, I don't have, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the five minute in, like recap doesn't, doesn't do anything. I'm not going back and watching the anime. Like, so I hope it's sooner than two years, but I think you're, you're spot on, Mr. Storm. Maybe not just with Star Wars, but these other series. Like, what, mm-hmm. I think it's going to impact that significantly in terms of storytelling, especially the complex ones that require you to watch a lot of stuff. So, We'll stay tuned, but a good cast. We appreciate you all tuning in once again for another episode of the shadow crew podcast here on the shadow nose channel. Um, Before we, uh, we adjourn and recap some things. uh, I'll kick it over to you, Mr. Storm for our uh, amazing sponsor uh, of the podcast. As we go again and everything, we'd like to thank our sponsor toys versus games in Wilmington, California. Yes. 
is the Shadow Crew's choice of store. And actually, the person that the um, channel's named after is Shadow. Uh, Shadow does know where the best price is on a mom and pop store. If you're getting tired of the Targets and the Walmarts, not the Oli's, because the Oli's are pretty good, but you can get those same prices, same situations over at Toys versus Games. And they've got assortment. It's not just. You know, in the titling, like it says, toys versus games. They have great action figures and toys throughout the time, but they got a bunch of also uh, video games and hard to find stuff. So if you got a chance, you know, they're on Instagram. But if you're in Wilmington, California, it's better to go there in person. You might just see Shadow there. And uh, once we've done our sponsor, again, thank you, Toys versus Games, for sponsoring us. Uh, we got some updates on the channel. Uh, I know a lot of people has been asking me because I, I get like, you know, Texas and things like that asking where's Shadow at? Shadow has been compiling a bunch of episodes and he's been in the trenches and he's been uh, at actually Toys vs. Game filming stuff as well. So you're going to see some stuff from him live uh, in uh, location at Toys vs. Games as well. But uh, he's been filming a bunch of stuff. He's going to be uh, posting videos routinely back again. Uh, the uh, wrestling with the tech master tech master has actually went through and actually done a brand new studio uh, set up at home. So uh, I'm expecting the green screens and some great stuff from him. He's, he's been like hyping me up with all the tech that he's been buying so he can make sure his wrestling recaps are getting on. And that's one of those things that we should see probably before the end of the month, he'll be back on again. Uh, we've had a great series by the great uh, free agent, to the Shadow Knows uh, channel, Mr. Chet Maddox. It's called Unbox. If you have not seen that video, it's a very fantastic video. I do say so myself. Looking forward to more Unbox, or maybe he does rebox it. So I can't wait to see that. And uh, a new series that, <laughs> and a new series called The Retrospect with uh, Dr. Brentley and Mr. Storm, where we review movies that maybe you haven't actually had the time to see or you know, obviously don't want to watch. Uh, we're going to do the retrospect. It takes a subject matter and several films, and we kind of dissect the films and the similarities with it. We decided to do a Halloween theme, so we review for retrospect number one uh, all of the Mummy films. So that starts with the, you know, uh, the Boris Karloff one all the way down to, you know, Tom Cruise's. So the second one's going to be The Wolfman, a series of films. Hammer, whoever. Uh, the third one's going to be Frankenstein. And uh, I think that's week number three of October. And week number four, we're going to actually have two specials. One's going to do Dracula because he's the king of monsters. And then we're going to do the best monster mashups, the best combination of those. So that's a new series that will be debuting on the channel. And, uh, you know, whenever uh, Mr. Calkins wants his own uh, segment, we'll be debuting that on the channel as well. So that's all the updates that I got so far for us. I was uh, I was thinking about, uh, you know, similar to what you all you just said about, like, watching films in retrospect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if there's a segment where you have to you force yourself to watch really <laughs> terrible films in punishment. <laughs> and uh, there's a movie coming out called Fr uh, Five, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's that's uh, hitting uh, October. That looks horrendous. It's like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> It's like Chuck E. Cheese robots kill people. Based that, off movie, of video that movie games. is going to. Kill I would love it in to see. Office. I would. I'll, but it's going to be really bad. But I'll probably make a lot of money. So I'm thinking about it, uh, something. But 
yeah, Chet, maybe I think there's something on board games as well. I think there's, I as I walk through the target aisles, there's just shit tons of new board games and oh, yeah. deck building games and card games. That industry has exploded. Those aisles, it used to be, if you remember, Chet, maybe a couple aisles. Now it's a full damn section full of like things. When we started that whole thing with board games, it was like, wasn't even an aisle. It was like a quarter of an aisle. Yeah, now it's, it's just crazy. like the whole back wall. It's crazy. I do want to say one thing on the Techmaster return. For those of you who may not be into wrestling, I will flag, for those of you who don't know, is that uh, WME, uh, William Morse Endeavor Agency, who represents the, the, the who's who of Hollywood stars, now under one umbrella, TKO, owns both UFC and WWE. And so I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of interesting things happening in that world. Oh, so yeah, don't sure. just don't just tune in for like wrestling news. I think there's already a lot of things. There's new competition, AEW, WWE. Um, I think we're going to see Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's uh, on TV now. We're seeing a lot more overlap. So I would just stay tuned. I think the next 12 to 18 months are going to be huge in the wrestling business. And I think that partly yep. because of that merger. So again, you don't have to be a diehard wrestling fan, but I think there's some really cool updates happening. Stay tuned because I think that industry is going to change pretty dramatically. Yeah. And like I said, the tech master is always on the, uh, on the uh, cusp of everything being great. And the, the best thing about the uh, wrestling with the tech master is he basically, if you missed anything, he's got it. And you're able to not have to watch, like we were saying, four or five shows or something to get things done. He just gives you a great recap of uh, what we really need. So I give him credit, and I can't wait to see a segment pop back up. Well, lots of new content. Um, again, thanks for listening in. Please like, comment, subscribe. It helps the channel grow. Uh, for Mr. Brantley, Dr. Brantley, Mr. Storm, and Chet Maddox, the one and only. I'm Chris. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Later. See ya. Adios.